Hey everyone, how's it going? Welcome to our uh, podcast. I think this is the third episode now. Um, and today we're going to be discussing uh, how to manage your build and managing your build. Uh, Jason, how are you doing today? Hello guys. Yeah, I'm very well. Thank you. How are you doing, Shof? Yeah, not bad, not bad. This one's quite a good one, isn't it? I've got quite a few notes in front of me. so. Oh, that's nice of you. This one's going to be quite interesting and hopefully quite helpful. Yeah, that's the main thing to do, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Should we get stuck in? Yeah, let's get stuck in, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you see you got your tea? Yeah, I've got my brew, yeah. You got your brew of the day. <laughs> yeah. As you call it. Brew of the day is a jasmine tea. So quite wow. nice. You become you've become proper British. How long have you been in the UK? I've been in the UK for ten years now. Bloody hell. Basically a Brit. Alright, let's do it. We'll put my phone on silent and let's get stuck in. Do you wanna go off with the first uh, first few points? Yeah, we can start off, yeah. Cool. So I'm going to outline something that you should be expecting that your builder that you chose he needs to do before you even start. And mm -hmm. really, my opinion, preparation is much more important than actual when it starts because without prior uh, preparation, it won't be a successful build. Or yes, and success last preparation. Yeah, exactly. So first of, first and foremost is the communication process throughout the tendering process. And after you chose your builder, you have to, they have to keep up on the communication with you. All the preparation they've done, all the dates, what, when are they expecting to, uh, to start the construction of the project. Um, okay. But why is communication so important? Because the more information we have, both sides, even the builder and the and the client is vital because you can have all the answers you need even before you even start. So if you outline mm. all this in the communication channels and set up what kind of paint you want, for example, or what kind of material you expect or what kind of time frames you, you wish for the project to take over, this is going to be covered on the communication. Okay, great. So you're basically managing everyone's expectation, including yours, the builders, the architects, everyone involved. Everyone of course, needs yeah. to have their expectations ready from day one. And we've actually got personal experience where communication has been great and the project has been successful. And then there's communication that hasn't been so great uh, between parties involved and it wasn't very successful. Yeah, or it was, making, it was harder than it should be anyway. Yeah, exactly. Nobody wants to do more than they have to if there's a, a better way to do it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, before you start, the the builder should do a pre-works inspection on the property. Mm -hmm. This what can, that, mean? uh, that means, in a way, that they should walk around the property. And usually, on project that is a full uh, strip out and refurbishment, is not really that important. But sometimes we do projects that we only be dealing with one part of the house. We go through and we check all the areas that which area is going to be affected by the build, which not, which areas we need to protect. Okay. If there's any existing features staying in the property, like, I don't know, like uh, electrics or flooring or whatever is not getting um, stripped out. We need to be documented and, yeah, and then agreed we need to by find both out parties. Exactly. If the client's staying in the property as well? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, this is going to affect the health and safety as well. Yeah, that changes everything. If a client decides to stay in the property, which sometimes they do because rents are quite expensive in London, and surrounding areas, then you've got a whole different type of health and safety to worry about, not just for yourself, but also for the uh, clients. You know, we're talking about dust, we're talking about uh, delivery times, all that kind of stuff. And I've been in a situation where we had to uh, do a project with clients in the house, and you really don't want to be getting deliveries 
or skip collections during a school rush hour uh, in the mornings. Um, you definitely need to communicate, as Jason said as well, from day one to make sure that everyone's on the same page. Of course, yeah. And moving on from that, it's important to have all the all the phone numbers of the relevant parties, which is the clients or the neighbors or the architect and the building control, all the, all the parties involved are going to be involved in one way or the other in your mm-hmm. project because you don't want the, the thing, you're going to look bad on the client if you're like from our side anyway, if we're going to last minute, oh, do you have this guy's number or oh, this thing? It's better to have all these things written down and in a shared mm-hmm. document. That's how we usually do it. We create a document yes. with all the information and yes, then if and anything changes or we can add things in so everybody is on top of who is involved on the, on the project. Yeah, and referring to our previous cast, we should have that on a Google Drive or some kind of drive where it's accessible to all your team. Yeah, of course, yeah. And yeah. maybe even a hard copy on site. Yes, that's good, yeah. Well, okay, well, depends on the level yeah. of privacy we want to... Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah. GDPR. Oh, we live in this strange world right now, yes. so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Emergency contacts, yes, on site. Yeah. Yeah. And also... It's a good thing to establish some ground rules as well because let's say they they want to have a specific time that there's no work guide out and Whoa. so or weekends is out of reach for example so yes the builder should in a way get all this information from the client in order to avoid any issues on the yeah. fr- on the on the as it going yes, on establish that early on because um, if you're not allowed to work on weekends but you've done your program based on a Saturday then if you've got a six-month project, how many Saturdays is that? That's like 20 Saturdays. Yes, 20 Saturdays. That's nearly three weeks of work. So your program could be out by three weeks if you've uh, not discussed that very small detail. Just by one day. Yes, exactly. So, Or it's good to point. have it as a backup as well because let's say you can work Saturdays but you don't really want to unless you know, mm. the schedule is falling behind for any reason, whatever reason. Yeah, so it's good to know that, that you have... Contingency. So yeah, it's good to know. For example, some buildings... They have restrictions. You can work on Saturday, but you can only go for four hours instead of a full day. So that's something to think about. Yes. So the builder should be make sure that all these informations, again, are being uh, documented. Yes, that's good. And that leads us to the next one, which is finalize your program of works. Mm-hmm. Um, that's between you, the architect, the client. Again, managing expectations because your client could be wanting to move in out on a certain day or a certain time or before their birthday, before Christmas. So, um, you know, you need to be completely honest, I think, in yeah, terms I and mean, realistic. Everybody expects, like, they can expect to have delays due to the weather, due to mm-hmm. um, people, sickness, so it can be many reasons. So you always yes. have a bit of lenient as well as a client. Yes, because yes you exactly. Because it's not a... Um, it's not something simple task, especially when you're doing a big project. These unforeseen yes. circumstances happen all the time, which is yes. none of the un, some people none of the control. Yes. So, so you should always have like a ten percent uh, contingency on the time frame, at least. Yeah, and I think it's better if everybody knows from day one that you know this is our goal, but we're allowing uh, this much contingency. Then there's not going to be many nasty surprises down the road, and you know your relationship becomes intact. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's better working relationship down the line. Yeah, exactly, because that's how relationships break down because communication is broken down. So yeah, um, also it's really important to set all the payment terms before um, you start any work. So uh, managing expectations again. So 
make sure you, the builder agrees on a specific payment plan that can be yeah. done with valuation. They can be done on fixed amounts per week or yeah. percentages. Percentages it can be completed yeah. work. It can be many because whenever there's an architect involved, they might have to issue a certificate of completion every two weeks, which is called valuations. And yes, after correct. that, they give the authorization to you, the client, to pay the money to the builder. That's correct. But there's many ways to do this payment stuff. Mm-hmm. Gain some kind of deposit or advance payment and then a stage payment uh, because obviously a builder needs to fork out for materials. You know, he's taking the risk on the project. Of course, yeah. You know, he's basically taking a lot of the risk. Uh, but unfortunately, it doesn't always happen because sometimes you might be working with a builder that you've never worked with before or you don't know or you sort of just found online. And I think the best way to deal with that one is do a one-week valuation after the first week so that the builder's not at huge risk. Um, do the valuation, pay as soon as you can, because as builders, you know that cash flow is what is the difference between a successful and unsuccessful project. Yeah, it makes a difference, yeah. It makes it a break. Yeah. yeah, so find a common ground and just be fair to each other, I think. That's the best way to do it. Yeah, and then you start building the relationship down the line because if in four weeks' time you see the builder actually doing what he's supposed to do, then you can, as a client, you can relax a bit further. Yeah, yeah. And if the builder has got some sort of, uh, you know, some big orders or anything that he might need your help with, definitely try and listen it out because at the end of the day, it's for your benefit, right? It's your project that needs to be finished on time. So if the builder's got cash flow issues, um, it's always good to discuss these and just be open and honest about it. And also on that note, it's also it's good when you before you start a project, make sure you have the funds available or yes. to know where you're gonna find the funds because yes. you don't want the issue saying to the builder, "Oh, yeah, thank you for doing these two weeks of work, but my pay I can't pay you for another week." Yes, I mean yes. if you're upfront with that and then you you apply that to your program, then the builder can manage the expectations well, manage the orders yes. better. So yes. there's no because it's not fair to them because they they're here to do a work. For you. Yes, man. I mean, basically, honesty is the best policy, and it's the same with everything you do. Right? Yeah, if you're gonna expect some difficulties down the line, let's say you can see, oh, my loan. If you're taking a loan to the build, it's not gonna be delayed for a week. Just let yeah. me know the builder, and then he will do the adjustment necessary. And any time frame that might change, at least mm-hmm. he can give you a warning beforehand. So, yeah, exactly. People need to remember that everyone's at risk. It's not just the client at risk. The contractor's at risk as well. You know, he's got people to pay. He's got materials to pay and the client just wants to move in so everybody's got the same goal you mm-hmm. know no, no one's working against each other so no yes. it should be working together that's the main exactly thing. yeah so as as the client's possibility on the other hand um they they should inform the neighbors for example they'll be doing they're gonna be carrying out work especially if it's gonna be for a long time and the clients who have all the contract details in case uh, something happens they should with the permission of the builder, they should give a point of contact as well. So if the yes, client cannot reach the client and uh, the neighbors cannot reach the client, they should be able at least to talk to someone in case something happens. Yes, I mean, we've been in situations where we've been fully managing the uh, neighbors' expectations. You know, they would call us and we would uh, work with them and, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because the sometimes when... they want a hand off approach. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, for, look, for example, a project we did last year, we had the neighbor who was uh, quite elderly. So uh, this elderly neighbor, she wanted to uh, sleep in the mornings, you know, she slept till quite late. So she asked us if we could kindly start demolition work at specific times of the day. Now, because demolition work wasn't that much, we did work with her and we, you know, we managed to, you know, help her out in that sense. So 
Yes, that's important. Work well with the neighbors. Yeah, because they can, because they have the situation we heard from other people that neighbors complained to the council and then the bill had to stop for like three weeks until the investigation was over. So if, if you have good relationship with them, you can avoid these kind of things. Absolutely, 100%. And also, it's really important for the client in order to provide the latest drawings and specifications to the builder. Mm-hmm. And the best thing to do with that is, again, do create a Google Drive um, share folder or any other um, mm. cloud service, and you can upload everything there. So let's say there was a small change by the architect, you can upload the latest drawing and everybody's working from there. So there's no yes. miscommunication. Which and means that's also good to establish responsibilities because the client, as you say, might be hands-off. So it could be the architect you're talking to. Of course, yeah. Um, and it's just, again, just establish who's responsible for what from day one. Yeah, that's that's paramount importance. Yeah. So you prepared yourself, the builder uh, done their bit, you done your bit, now it's the time to start your project. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you should expect in day one. So first of all, the builders who um, arrange the time to meet, it's good to meet on the first day at least with the builder to yeah. clear off any last minute details. Yeah. And the builder should secure the site. He's taking responsibility of the of the property now. Yes, definitely. So you sh- they should do everything they can in order to have a safe site and to, un- to stop any unauthorized access. You need to remember, as soon as that builder is on that site, he's responsible for health and safety. He's responsible for everything. So from that moment on, you know, it becomes the contractor's site to ensure the health and safety, which is under the insurance obligation of the contract. Of course. And also, I understand clients, they, they're saying, this is my property, I can come in time. Of but course. on the same time, you have to get in a way, uh, yes. let know the builder that you're going to be visiting the site. It's your property, yes. of course, you can visit anytime you want, but it's good to inform them because yes. it might for be... For your own health and safety, right? That's what it is. For your own health and safety. For no other reason than that. And it's always good to be escorted, especially if you've never been on a site before. You know, most dangerous industry in the world. You know, so many accidents happen every day and it's, nothing is worth having an accident on a site, is it? No, definitely not. Nobody wants that. No. And uh, yeah, so... You get introduced to the site manager mm-hmm. as well, so it's good to know who you're going to be expecting to see there most of the days. Yes. You can confirm the latest drawings again in case something is changed so to make sure everything is to the last uh, details. Okay, that's really good. And then uh, you, got, you, like you just said confirm the latest drawings, uh, confirm the next meetings on site. Like It's always good to visit a property. Uh, I would suggest maybe once or twice every one or two weeks. Um, that's probably the best way. In between, you know, after your first meeting, you set up the date for the next meeting, then you know what your progress is going to be uh, and just know from the program what you expect to see done on site when you come there. And if there's any uh, delays for whatever reason, then that's your opportunity to discuss with the contractor and also the contractor can discuss with the client. Yeah, of course. Yeah, It should be a two-way communication. is a two-way yes. street, as I say. Yes, again, always back to communication, right? Yeah, this is the thing because... Yeah. There are two main things on the build, okay, other than the actual build is communication and the finances. If this communication mm. finances are covered, a build is going to be plain sailing, in my opinion. Yes, definitely. As we know, as we've been there before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, where are, we now? where are we now? Manage your expectation of communication. I mean, the day-to-day or weekly or how do you ah, expect yes. the builder to inform you for the progress in case you cannot Th- make it on site? That's a good one. Some people these days, they prefer texts or um, WhatsApp. So, yeah, like you say, find out what their best form of communication is 
you know, and then take it from there. Yeah, because sometimes, um, especially clients, they they might be away for two weeks, for example, and yeah. they want to check on the progress. And before before you, the, the builder should prepare this in a way of uh, keeping the client as much important information, especially the important tasks during the build. Exactly, and they might want updated photos and pictures. Uh, you can do this in any way you know you want, but the way we do it is we have an online platform where we update weekly with our photos and uh, the client can access it from anywhere in the world. Like Jason just said, if they're on holiday, they can keep an eye on their projects. Mm-hmm. Some, some projects where it's required by a client um, for an additional charge, we have got like CCTV mm-hmm. footage yeah. as well. 24-hour so access, see. yeah. Yes, exactly. They will give them access to actually see their build from far and uh, come up with any questions or queries they have. Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, so where are we now? On-site meetings, we've discussed. I think that's uh, pretty much uh, wrapping it up, really. Yeah, just a little note in the end is um, whenever there is a site meeting or any communication with the builder, it's good to keep notes in order to to see what's been discussed. How we do it, usually after every important meeting, I send an email out to the client and all the points... Mm we've been discussed at the bullet points. So mm-hmm. make sure you move this wall or this color has been changed to that or anything really. So yep. to make sure we're in the same page because we might miss something on the meeting or we might forget, forget something or the other way and vice versa. The exactly. client. So yes, it's good to, to make sure that every meeting has been documented and saved in order to yeah. avoid any miscommunication saying, oh, I told you to do this. But I don't remember that. You're giving your client and yourself the opportunity to also pick up, like you say, mistakes and changes. So, you know, you've dealt with it on the same day or the day after. You know, the longer you leave something that might be wrong or miscommunicated, the more expensive it is and the more hassle, more stress. So, yeah. And sometimes the, the clients prefer to order, let's say, the kitchen for the house. They want to design themselves. So you need to yeah. make, the builder needs to make sure to say, okay, we need the kitchen by that day. Or the kitchen, yes. or the client will say the kitchen will arrive on that day. Is that okay for you? So yes, in order to yes. make all the key dates for deliveries yeah. and any other specialist contractors that they might not be on the builder side, they should be clearly communicated. Yeah, and what we do, Jason, don't we, is we uh, include that on the original program. So we highlight the key dates and they actually, they move along as the program moves along. Like yeah, if there's, there's one or two changes, delay, yeah. yeah, or changes, then that moves along with the program. Yeah, this is a really powerful tool. So yes. it's really helpful to avoid any mishaps along the way. Success loves preparation. (laughs) (laughs) Here we are. I guess we're done with that one. Yeah. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Yeah. If any questions, as always, you can contact us. Yep. Check the links below or swipe up, whatever they say on Instagram these days. Well. (laughs) (laughs) Somewhere in there you'll find the links. What cool kids do these days, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We're not cool kids, are we? We need to go go ask the cool kids what they do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Enjoy. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Uh, Thank you you for listening and we'll see you on the next one. Cheers. Bye.